Well, hey, I'm Josh with What's on Disney Plus, and uh, I'm actually here with two guest co-hosts. Uh, I myself am guesting, uh, you know, Roger will be back, of course, next week in the next episode. But uh, we wanted to talk about American football, and uh, he said, hey, I'm not really a fan. You know, he's, he's based in Britain, and said, uh, hey, you got some guys who know this stuff, go for it. There are some fun football films on Disney Plus. So uh, happy to introduce uh, Justin Rogers and Brandon Wells, who are the co-hosts of Beyond the Blitz. Uh, Justin, good to have you, bro. Yeah, good to be here. And Brandon. Happy to be on the show, Josh. Cool. Well, tell us about the show a little bit, guys, that you guys run and uh, how you met even. And, uh, you know, that'll prep us for what we're going to talk about today. Well, last May, we graduated from Bridgewater College, a uh, small school in Virginia. And a few years prior to that, we joined uh, what was called the BC Voice, which was the student-run news, student news organization. Uh, Justin and I started doing the live broadcasts together, and then eventually we got into podcasting. First ones were kind of rough. First episode clocking in at about three and a half hours. So we learned what not to do. And then we started just doing it more and more. And then now we're here almost two years into it, and we feel like we've finally got it under control. So happy to be building some cred. Justin, anything to add to that? Uh, and at the end of our senior year, we had like basically a class that teaches you how to get a job in communication right after um, school. And we're both communication major. Um, so we had a project where we had to basically try to get a specific audience to listen to Beyond the Blitz and get more audience um, members. We didn't have that many kind of coming into the spring of 2020. So we like have a Twitter page now, Beyond underscore Blitz. Um, and we try to post as much content as we can. Like we have like our own theme music, we have a logo. So we've kind of built it up since then and kind of learned how to do those kind of things instead of just like going on talking about football and that's it. We've kind of tried to professionalize professionalize ourselves a little bit more very cool well we're going to talk of course disney football films which there's not that many of them uh, today but uh it's particularly of course the new film safety that just came out in december um a lot of people have been excited about that great to see disney kind of come back into the, the inspirational sports drama world but uh to ask you guys kind of up front because maybe there, disney has done a bunch of sports films aside from football um is there a particular kind of favorite disney sports film uh of just to kind of talk about your, you know, cred with Disney and, uh, you know, your background there. Justin? Well, when I was growing up, The Rookie was always my favorite. Um, always one of um, my favorite movies just growing up. And Dennis Quaid has always been one of my favorite actors. Tom Hanks is right there, but Dennis Quaid up there is one of my favorite actors. And I'm honestly surprised. I believe um, that Angels in the Outfield is also a Disney movie, and I believe it's not on Disney+. Plus. Um, also one of my favorite baseball movies kind of growing up as well. And also Miracle. Miracle's right there as well, up there. And a lot of the, I was a big football fan growing up, and not too much baseball or hockey, so allowing these movies to kind of come in, give me some, like, inspirational, also know, like, what's going on with these certain sports. Now I'm kind of getting acclimated with all sports, like, in uh, the United States. Well, when you have a young platform like Disney Plus is, you obviously expect it to grow a lot more, especially in the sports industry. They have a few really, really good ones. And in the past month release of Safety, a very pleasant surprise to a lot of people. Pretty solid film overall. But obviously, one of my favorite movies of all time has got to be Remember the Titans. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. So just spare uncreativity. I'm going to go with Cars. How about old school? How about some <laughs> racing up in here? You know, Cars, <laughs> not very the most realistic one out there, but it's certainly entertaining and it encases the racing atmosphere. People for Get, racing is a sport 
That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, I uh, I love Miracle that uh, Justin mentioned. That's a phenomenal film, you know, and I think uh, that was such a moment, uh, you know, that was historically sort of captured so well in that movie. But to move into safety a little bit, um, you know, this new movie just come out in December, and we know that there are some other ones coming, of course. Uh, Disney has some other sports films planned. Uh, you know, Greek Freak is going gonna, is gonna to deal with a, a basketball story, etc. But safety, of course, tells the story of uh, Ray Ray uh, McElrath Bay um, and kind of him and his brother. And it's a really interesting story because it deals with football and I think it has some great action. I'd love to hear what you guys think of that aspect of it and just the story overall. But it is such a personal story with him and his brother in the sense that, you know, here he is, this college uh, football uh, player and, you know, uh, his mom is dealing with an addiction issue and basically he has to take kind of his school age brother into the school and you know there's these these scenes of him uh trying to avoid kind of people detecting uh, his young kid brother uh inside the school and ultimately uh, the brother kind of being a kind of almost a mascot of sorts to the team and uh and you get into some interesting uh ncaa issues there as well in that film but um you know it's it's a it's an interesting i think a lot of people love it in that it's inspirational it does uh, deal with some difficult issues, you know, these issues of addiction, these issues of a broken family in a sense, uh, does it in a really sensitive way, I think is based on such uh, amazing true events. Uh, and, you know, I think you just, even this, the portrayal of uh, a black man and his family um, is just really, really powerful. And you don't uh, often see uh, something like this just, uh, you know, out in the culture. So, um, you know, generally, I know you guys have both just seen Safety recently. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, this movie is more than just a football movie. This movie manages to humanize the NCAA, which isn't easy to do. They were able to find a way to bring the strict by the book corporation and make it to where at the end of the day, they had this realization and then let the good thing happen. And it is a true story, which most Disney plus sports movies are, which is another great thing to love about the movie. It encapsulates the story perfectly and the environment of football. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we talk about Invincible a little bit later, but it's a very immersive film. It captures what it actually feels like to be at a football practice coming from a former football player myself. And you know, there were a few things that maybe gameplay-wise could have been enhanced, but the overall feel of the movie was pretty accurate and overall pretty immersive. Yeah, I think with this movie, too, um, I think a lot of college-age movies or movies that have to do with college don't really capture how much a college student really goes through and how much they have to juggle. And I think they captured that fantastically in this movie. And not just because, you know, he had to take on his brother, which, you know, me and Brandon being two college students, I don't know how I could have ever tried to keep someone in my room while also having a roommate, while also having classes, while also playing. I couldn't have even imagined what that was like. And I think they captured that perfectly. Now, again, this is a Disney film. So like I thought when I saw this film, you know, like the acting and like the character development, it was a lot like, you know, growing up on the Disney Channel movies, like it, it got that kind of vibe for me. But like Brandon was saying, the overall story in this one and even the gameplay uh, in this movie was, was pretty good in the sense that and then the gameplay really, I think it captures to me what an actual game, what a fan would 
per, uh, what a fan really experiences when they're watching a game. It's less about, I think, the player. And for me, because a lot of the camera angles and the way that they're filming the players and even the kickoffs and everything like that, it just seemed like I was watching a game. And we're going to talk about Invincible and remember the Titans. It just feel like that was more for film. And this felt like more it was an actual game I was watching. Yeah, that's a really good point. The I know that uh, McElrath Bay was actually on set and, and was an advisor to a lot of what they did, I would hope. And I know it was filmed on Clemson's campus, which is pretty great. You can tell that, obviously, in, in many of the scenes, you know, that it's there at the athletic center, it's there in the dorms. Um, but I, uh, and I do think you're right as well, Justin, about this idea of uh, capturing the college experience, you know, like you've got him, you know, making change at the at the washer dryer and, you know, uh, you know, dealing with the book, the whole issue of like him having to get his books before the bookstore closes and all that is like a big scene. And, uh, you know, his interactions with his girlfriend, I thought all that was just really well done. But then there is the issue, I think, a little bit of not getting inside his head as well as you as you could have maybe done uh, as in just from a scripting standpoint and a development standpoint, like, I, I feel like things happen in this movie, but you don't always know what is motivating Ray you know, as the lead character. And so that, you know, that's kind of something that I think it's just a script problem where you have to develop the character motivations a little bit. Like, you know, I know that he wants to care for his brother and he cares about his mom, but, you know, just, um, there's just a little bit more that they could have done to kind of get you inside of his headspace, I feel like. Um, but uh, Brandon, you had mentioned maybe that the gameplay could have been a little stronger in places. Did you want to, uh, any thoughts on, on that? Any, any, further to develop there? Well, when he first began, he was a player that was just struggling in practice. We were told early on in the movie that he was a five-star recruit. He was getting a scholarship to go full-time to play football for Clemson. And then there was talks about him, you know, struggling in practice. They didn't really know why. And then all of a sudden he became this great player. He was playing in games. He was making plays. Uh, And we didn't quite see the transition of the improvement. When you have a freshman like that, who doesn't, He has expectations, but he doesn't have expectations to start necessarily. And it goes from him struggling to him being one of the best players on the team. And it just feels like in one smooth transaction, it was like that last time we saw him on the field, he wasn't the same player as he was when he was in the game, which a lot of the times, you know, a real football player can very well be like that. But it wasn't explained enough to us what his motivation was to play football. We kept seeing that football was a huge part of his life. We kept seeing football as family, but they were telling us that rather than showing us at some points. Don't get me wrong. Some parts of the movie, they did a good job with it. But overall, it feels like they should have spent a little bit more time on the side characters and why the football team meant so much to him. Mm. I know it meant a lot to him, but we didn't quite always get an explanation as to why. It's really good. Yeah. You got to always show rather than tell in the film. That's like the absolute key thing. Um, Justin, I know you did a little bit of reading on this, so I'd love to ask you. Um, I know that this film, it was a big deal that uh, this came out in 2020 for a lot of Clemson fans because suddenly they're doing pretty well this last season. You know, this movie of course is set in 2006 But uh, during the 2020 season, I know that just ended a few weeks ago. I understand they did pretty well. Uh, What's the story there? Yeah, well, the last three seasons, Clemson has been the best team in college football. They haven't won the championship the past three seasons. They won it three years ago, two years ago. Trevor Lawrence has been the best quarterback in college football. He is on Clemson. And they went to the championship last year, lost to LSU. This year they went to – 
the college football playoff. They lost to Ohio State. And a lot of everything that happened with Clemson this year had to do with COVID. If all of college football, everything that happened in it had to do with COVID. Their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is out for a couple of games. They lost a big game, probably the biggest game of college football in Notre Dame. Then they play them in the ACC championship, and they destroy them by multiple, multiple touchdowns. And then they come against Ohio State, who a lot of people thought they shouldn't even be in the championship. They shouldn't even be in the playoff because they only played, I believe, five games coming to this one. And there was a controversial hit against a quarterback, Justin Fields, and he played with I believe what were broken ribs through most of the second half. And he threw some great throws and Ohio state got a really big win against Clemson. So they lost the season um, right towards the end of the stretch in the playoff, but Clemson has been one of the better teams in the NCAA for the past couple of years. Well, you, you get a little preview there of, of beyond the blitz. I know these guys cover NFL generally, but that, uh, that was some excellent um, analysis of what just went on. So um, Brandon, I wanted to circle back with you to, to close out um, safety a little bit, but to ask you about humanizing the NCAA, as you mentioned, uh, this is a movie that kind of ends with a whole third act about NCAA regulations, which you're like, how can that be, you know, a major plot point, but it, it actually is. Um, what did you think about that whole aspect of it and, and how they dramatized it? And is it, is it true to life? I thought for a good portion of the movie, it was almost comical, just simply because I know a lot of what happens in the NCAA, what goes on behind the scenes. A lot of really high caliber athletes having issues with the NCAA and some of their rule protocols. First and foremost, the thing that happened, what was it, a year and a half ago with the NCAA cracking down on players making money off of playing and they've recently come back, reviewed some rule policies since then. And they're, I know they're starting to look and changing a few policies. But especially back when this movie was made, NCAA is an extremely by-the-book corporation. And to get them to agree on anything that isn't by the book is almost a miracle. And so for Disney to find one of the isolated incidents where NCAA happens to break this protocol and to make an entire movie about it and not even really make it about the NCAA until the third act of the movie – and so with all of that going on, the NCAA being strict and Disney finding a way to make something that really happened, something relevant still today, because the NCAA, it's still like that in some aspects and it's something that a lot of people are calling for change. And so that's why I said it's kind of comical because I know it goes on and I thought, just kind of thought it was funny at some points to see them going against the NCAA and uniting as a team against the people who allow them to exist yeah it's interesting too this is right around the time when Heisman Trophy winner Reggie Bush um, I think three years after he won the Heisman Trophy he was a rookie for the Saints um, he got his Heisman Trophy taken away from him which if those of you who don't know basically the MVP trophy for college football he got his trophy taken away from him because he was taking money from different people and providing for his family he bought a house for his parents um, with that money so it's interesting knowing that history and that background behind this that you make a film that's 180 because like Brandon was saying you don't hear a lot about the NCAA really siding with someone, which it was very interesting. Like, you know what's really going to happen as you're watching through the movie. But if you really know about the NCAA, it's kind of hard to believe. Like, did they really just side with him on this when with some of the star players in the NCAA, they don't side with? So it was really interesting that they added that aspect and they really focused on it towards the end of the movie. I also thought it was weird at some points in the movie that it was even an issue. 
is I feel like the NCAA shouldn't have any say so over who has custody over a what, 10, 11 year old child. The NCAA shouldn't have that kind of power to begin with. It's really true. Yeah. I, I mean, Disney, of course, is a major corporation. A lot of people, we like to think of them as, you know, some kind of animated characters and, you know, people have this love of Disney and, but at the same time, they are a big corporation. They're also pretty tight with obviously the NBA with that whole, you know, obviously the whole NBA season happened on their campus at Walt Disney world this last uh, year. So, you know, I, I, I can kind of see them using this a little bit as kind of giving props and even propping up a little bit, the NCAA. So, uh, but I do hope folks see it. I think it's a good film. I, I think it's, you know, still worth checking out. I hope you guys uh, thought the same thing. It was definitely a really good movie overall. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, to look at the other, there's basically four other films, but really two um, <laughs> that are Disney films that cover football. And uh, so I know you guys have mentioned already, um, you know, uh, Remember the Titans particularly. Um, maybe let's, let's uh, you know, jump into that one a little bit, which we all love. And, uh, you know, the kind of epic 2000 uh, in a Jerry Bruckheimer produced film that uh, really, uh, you know, stars Denzel Washington has really made a massive cultural footprint. I think it really got Disney started on making, you know, a couple dozen of these films over the next uh, couple decades. But, um, you know, what do you think in terms of its impact and, and you know, why you think this movie has stood the test of time so well? Uh, Brandon? Well, we talked about remember the titans a while ago on our podcast with our buddy from cinema talk inde roberts and we all came to an agreement that remember the titans isn't only the best football movie to ever exist it's the best sports movie to ever exist it manages to not only capture what it feels like to be on the field but it manages to capture what it was like for people back in that time to deal with the struggles they did and overcoming the obstacles. And again, it's a true story. Every Disney football movie is a true story. And it's so good to see them encapsulate what it was like to be there at that time and then overcoming the challenges they did because this was a team that had no unity at the start of the season. And by the end of the season, not only were they the best team around, they were the most unified team around. So to have two coaches from two different lifestyles pull two different teams together into one over this two hour long film, it was truly something remarkable and something to remember. <laughs> Justin, what are your thoughts? I think with this one too, I mean, we, we talk about different media outlets when you talk about like music and movies, how those kind of things, they bring people together. Like they may have different religion points of view or politics or anything, but yet you can come together and watch a movie. And I think football is the same way. We saw it and remember the Titans that bunch of people with different backgrounds and, and different points of views came together eventually through the love of football. Um, and became like, quote unquote, a family. And I think that's, you know, this is one of those movies, I think that started the whole sports teams are a family type ordeal. And I think that goes beyond movies. I think that goes right into the locker rooms. And that goes right into these teams and, and colleges and, and sports. So I think that really set the precedent for that. And I do want to say for, for this movie, for me personally, I mean, growing up in the Northern Virginia area, it's very interesting watching this movie, because 
all of the high schools and everything that they talk about, I know almost all of those high schools. Like the first high school that they played Hayfield, that was my rival high school when I went to high school. Um, and then Marshall High School, the high school that they played for the championship. My dad went to that high school about eight years after this happened. So it's just interesting, like watching this movie and seeing like the different connections it has to myself. Um, but also seeing that, again, like you guys are saying, the precedent that really set for um, Disney sports movies. Yeah, I, uh, I was reading today an ESPN article, actually, that was published about, or not too far after the movie released back in 2000. And it was interesting as they kind of fact-checked it and, and gave you some details about the actual events. And it was like so many things like, well, yeah, you know, they dramatize a little bit, but it's basically true. You know, and I think that the scriptwriter uh, Gregory Allen Howard, he really did a lot to kind of dig into the events of what occurred during that era and try to portray those on screen. I think one aspect that maybe, you know, is, you know, maybe a little bit de-emphasized in the actual film is that, you know, you have these various schools coming together that are, yes, being racially integrated to a degree. I think there honestly was a little bit of racial integration before this point. I think this is 71, 72. So this is, it had happened a little bit before this point. But a part of it is that of the coaching staffs being combined, it's an aspect of, of ego and ambition, you know? It's not just the fact of, you know, well, you know, one's white, one's black, you know, who they really are just like, hey, I, it, it matters a lot to be head coach. It matters a lot, you know, that each guy is looking to be the, the quarterback, et cetera. So, um, you know, I think there is an aspect maybe of, of some of that uh, rivalry being, and, and it's interesting though, that even all the way down to the, you know, the, the last act with, uh, with Bertier and all that and the, the accident that occurred. I mean, that really did occur in real life. It happened, I believe, after, um, you know, the events of the championship. So they kind of changed the timing of things to make it more dramatic. But, uh, you know, the basic contours of the story are, are true. Uh, yeah, even though it's a real movie, even though it's a real story, it's still a movie. So you're going to have to do things like change up the events of what happened, change up the timeline of things that happened. It completely makes sense. So I don't think many people are going to give much pushback over a few things being different. Uh, for example, you know, in real life, when a brick was thrown in the coach's house, it wasn't a brick, it was a toilet. But they changed it for, you know, comical reasons because they didn't want a funny reaction from it because this movie it, yeah like any good movie it has its com comedic breaks but this isn't a comedy it isn't a funny movie so they had to change a few things from what real life was so overall yeah yeah I, I definitely think with this movie too that uh like you said there's diff definitely some things that you you can't include in the movie because like you said comical and everything else but you got to think too uh with this movie uh, josh i love what you said about um how it wasn't just kind of cultures and black versus white coming together but it was definitely different styles different egos and i think you know this happens i mean we talk about um, sports. I mean, we kind of go back into the NFL and um, just football in general. I mean, we got new guys coming on a team who maybe they're the star on their team coming up. That's what happens when you go to a new level of any sport that when you come into a new level, you got new egos coming together and you got new guys coming together. So how they get together and how they really mesh. I think this movie really captures that as well. Uh, I think people who watch these conversations about race relations, et cetera, that they do appreciate this film. I think they say that it maybe it wraps it up a little bit too simplistically and it makes it seem like everything's fine, you know, after, you know, in the third act. And so I can appreciate that, um, you know, criticism. I think that at the same time, you do have an African-American screenwriter, Gregory Allen Howard. You have obviously Denzel Washington carrying almost every scene that he's in. I mean, he's just a 
powerhouse of an actor and to have somebody of that caliber in a Disney film, you know, really made a difference for this movie. And I think that then took them into doing that in future ones with Mark Wahlberg, et cetera, and some of the stars that they got for future movies. But, um, you know, I, I would encourage folks who want to dig deeper, maybe into those issues of race. Uh, Gregory Allen Howard went on to make then last year's movie, which 2019, uh, Harriet, a uh, great film on Harriet Tubman, uh, really uh, dives deeper into some of those issues and obviously a different era from, you know, the, the Civil War era and prior to that, but uh, a really great film. And I think you can feel some of his, his same energy in some of that and how he, he grapples with these issues. Um, another huge film that people love and, you know, obviously here we are, we've talked about the college level safety. We've talked about the high school level. Remember the Titans, NFL, that's you guys' wheelhouse, uh, Invincible. You know, so, uh, Justin, uh, what do you love about this film? Well, I will say, I think for a film, Remember the Titans is probably the best film. But for me personally, I think Invincible is my favorite movie um, because I just love in this film that it just goes behind the scenes of an NFL player. And, you know, you look back at NFL tryouts and everything like this is probably one of the only times up to that point that that really happened. And you're really looking at the history of everything. I love football history in general. So just seeing somebody go through training camp and going through what it takes to make a team and even a team like the Eagles, who at that point weren't very good at all, just just seeing that. It, it just honestly just leaves me speechless because like I've always, when I was growing up, you know, I collected football cards. I played all the Madden video games, the football video games. So seeing a movie like this, where you're literally going and taking an inside depth look at what an NFL team looks like. It, Brandon said it earlier when we were talking um, before this, that if you're an NFL fan, you definitely have to watch this movie because it's going to take you as deep as you really want to go as an NFL fan. Remember the Titans is the better movie. Invincible is the better sports movie. I can make a large argument that Remember the Titans isn't a football movie. It's a diversity movie. It's a movie with a message and a story. Invincible, on the other hand, is a football movie. And it's really hard to appreciate how good this movie actually is if you're not a diehard football fan. Because, hey, my favorite part about this movie is how accurately it portrays Philadelphia Eagles fans. The aggressiveness and how dedicated and diehard they are and how much that team actually means to their city and manages to encapsulate everything it means to be a Philadelphia Eagle into one film. And the concept of open tryouts nowadays, it seems like a joke. Why would that ever happen? Back then, they felt probably pretty similar. They ended up getting an all-star talent out of it. And again, it's a true story. So it's really good to see this come into play. But I had questions about Mark Wahlberg early. I had questions. He was, for me, sometimes inconsistently good at this role. There were some times where I could tell he was just overacting at some points. There were times where they just do a green screen behind him and told him, hey, make some weird faces and pretending you're running in a straight line. Uh, so there were a couple of things that kind of sometimes took me out of the movie. But I talked about immersion. We were talking about safety earlier. And that is what this movie does right. I give this movie a 10 out of 10 on the immersion scale because you actually felt the intensity of the atmosphere that was there to a point. The camera work, the zooms in and out of the character, they made him the focus of the movie. His character, his development, and what he was going through was the focus on that movie. Sometimes other movies like Safety got away from that message sometimes. This movie was focused on one specific individual, and it really immersed you into his story. So good. 
I, uh, I actually have not seen this one in full. I think I feel like I've watched portions of it and have not gotten all the way through it. So I really need to, to check it out. I th I've heard that it's great. Um, you feel like uh, in terms of the sports action, particularly like uh, I'm going to cover one more here that I know I feel like does a really poor job of that. But did, um, did you feel like, you know, did they actually have, do you think, some advisors and people around them who really captured the right uh, you know, kind of energy for the NFL? I strictly believe the writer of this movie was a former athlete himself, or they at least had some kind of help from someone who used to be in that type of environment. Because this movie felt too immersive to be written or created by somebody who didn't know sports and just wanted to make a movie. This was obviously created for someone who's been in that situation before and knew exactly the direction they wanted to go with it. And usually with football movies like this, you cover the big positions. You cover like the quarterback, the running back, like the big player on the team. This is a special teams guy who barely made the team. So you were going to have to have somebody come in who knew football on a deep level. Like I think the training camp scenes really show that really well that you had somebody like Brandon was saying come in and show what this really looks like. And I think one part too that NFL fans in general don't really look at a lot is how players deal with being cut I think that's a, a part where you know we kind of go through training camp and we kind of go through preseason and we look at this and like players get cut and sometimes our favorite player gets cut and you, we don't really see like how big of a deal that is to these players and the fact that we see Vince Papali go through all of this and yet he was expecting to get cut the entire time but didn't uh, really to an NFL fan it just opens my eyes when now I see the offseason now I see it through his eyes because I get that perspective. Was Mark Wahlberg like, did he pull you out of the experience? I know sometimes you have a big actor in a role like that. And it's like, okay, I know him from another movie. I know him from another show. You know, I can't really just see him as this character. Was he good at kind of inhabiting that character? I wouldn't say he pulled me out of the movie. It's when I first found out Mark Wahlberg was in the movie and then I saw him on screen, you know, it made it clear he didn't do too much workout routines before the movie. He didn't try to make himself look like an athlete. So before he became a football player, he just kind of looks like a dude. And you're like, okay, so where is this going? How is this going to happen? Then you see him in pads. Of course, everyone looks like at his training camp. You have those long fit jerseys, but he just kind of looks like a dude with a helmet that was too big on his head. And then they got to the action. Uh, they definitely must've had some kind of stump double in there for those actions. Cause I don't, maybe Walt Marver did it. He's not too unathletic of a guy himself, but there were some scenes, especially in drills where, you know, you're standing up straight with someone and form is bad. You know, a couple of things we can nitpick about what actual football is like, but the overall essence, Mark Wahlberg didn't drag me out of this movie. If anything, he brought me in the movie. I do think Mark Wahlberg is a great actor, and it was nice seeing him in a role like this. And he did a lot better than I expected him to do because him and his physique and his build isn't convincing, but his acting at parts were. Mm -hmm. That's why I said earlier. Really good. Justin, anything uh, to close us out on that invincible combo? I, I, think it's interesting Brandon you did the you did a pun without saying it uh, convincing um there but I think with this movie too what you were talking about I don't think with Mark Wahlberg's acting it doesn't ever pull you out of the experience at all I mean for me I grew up on this movie so like this is one of the first movies I saw Mark Wahlberg in so watching it again like I don't really ever feel like you know any of the things and I never really played football so I just follow it so I'm sure Brandon I'm um, playing football a lot of the form and stuff um, you know that can be debated in this movie but I feel like the off the field stuff he did fantastic at 
and putting that on the field. Like you feel everything that he's feeling going into those practices, and especially with a coach like Dick Vermeule, who, you know, for football fans, you know him more from the Rams and you know him from Kurt Warner and a guy who also came from nowhere, um, out of nowhere and won a Super Bowl. So like knowing all of that, I feel like the experience was great. And this is probably going to be, or will always will be one of my favorite movies of all time, football wise. Awesome. Well, we got two quick, funny ones, really. Um, I don't know if you guys have even seen either one of those. Um, and actually, it's funny because with the game plan, and so, which, by the way, Brandon, I have to disagree with the statement you made earlier, because you said that the football films on Disney Plus are, mo- are true stories. This, of course, is not one. <laughs> the game plan is kind of a ridiculous uh, kind of fantasy kind of drama of sorts, uh, you know, about a, an imaginary pro football player who's played by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, this is an invented team, the Boston Rebels, which is kind of strange in and of itself, um, you know, that uh, he plays for and has a, a daughter come into his life he didn't know about. And so there's just the comedy sort of, of uh, you know, him being this, uh, this parent that he didn't know about and the girl coming into his life as a football player, etc. cetera. Um, Justin, I feel like you were more familiar with this than I was because I put this on a list and then I was like, I texted you, you know, emailed you guys. And I'm like, you know what? I think we can take game plan off of our list to watch because this is not really a football film, but. <laughs> right. I remember watching this when I was growing up on Disney channel. And like, this is, if there's any sports movie that is like specifically Disney channel, besides maybe if you want to call high school musical a sports movie, cause it does have some basketball on it. Um, it it's like calling die hard a Christmas movie kind of thing. But anyway, kind of going, um, further in into um this movie i feel like with this movie it's a life movie that has sports in it like i'm glad that we're not talking in depth about it sports wise because like you could tell that it wasn't really like that much about football as it was like a guy who thinks way too much of himself who is like all that who's a star on on a football team who looks like you know, he's the quarterback who barely gets hit kind of thing, which doesn't happen in real life. And then like something out of nowhere comes and, you know, that's a good concept, you know, because, you know, we all go through life. Sometimes stuff comes out of nowhere and how do we handle that? But this was just kind of out there. Like this would never be something that would happen in real life. It's kind of the exact opposite of what Disney usually does with their sports movies. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I actually haven't seen this movie, but just knowing the little bit I know about it, it kind of feels like a mix between diff- two different rock movies. A movie called Gridiron Gang, which is almost a store brand, Remember the Titans. Good movie, but comparing it to that, a lot of parallels, it's worth a watch, but it's not really a classic. And then, you know, The Tooth Fairy, another right. sports sports movie with Dwayne Johnson and where he's raising a little girl and, and kind of zany, wacky things happen. So it seems like a mix between those two movies, not really focusing on the sports aspect of it, but it's just a movie that includes sports in it. And as anything, you know, in the right setting, football, sports in general can enhance in the mood and enhance in the experience, but overall the theme and the story and motivation of the characters. Yeah. In this case, like having just seen most of it, I guess, with my wife, we were, I was like, you know, it's so obviously in front of a green screen. I'm like, this was not, I don't even think this was on a high school field. Like it just, the action does not look good at all. So um, I was, you know, like, okay, we need to put this at the bottom of our, you know, sports uh, football list because they, you know, just some of the scenes weren't up to even the standards they've done in their other films. But Mm -hmm. um, 
Justin, any thoughts as we uh, on, on that to close it out? Uh, well, just to close out this one, uh, not too many thoughts. I mean, again, Disney Channel movie and probably the, the epitome of a, a Disney Channel sports movie. Yep, absolutely. And last one is a short that is uh, how to play football. That's goofy. A lot of the, the pratfalls and stuff. I don't know if you both got the chance to see this one, but, uh, you know, obviously Disney in their heyday, especially in the 50s and 60s, did a series of these shorts about how to, how to ski and, you know, uh, some of the different uh, sports and stuff that uh, Goofy does. And, you know, then they kind of revived that character in the 90s with Goof Troop and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's kind of the classic, you know, ah, you know, he's doing the, the yell at various points. And it's, you know, it's kind of a lot of almost like teaching you the, the game incorrectly. Um, you watched this recently, Justin? Mm-hmm. I did watch this recently. And one thing I do want to say before this is it's interesting how I don't know exactly, you know, what the reason of this. And I believe it was set around in like the 1940s. So like this was when football was starting to get good. I can't even like name like more than maybe one or two players from the 40s. Um, but and seeing what the game was like then. But I do want to say I'm wondering if this was a ploy to like, you know, football starting up, maybe it was it geared towards kids. That's what I'm wondering. Um, because, you know, even now, um, for those who, you know, paying attention to football and everything, the NFL had a game broadcasted on a kid's channel, Nickelodeon. It was a Bears and Saints game. It's basically teaching kids how to play, you know, how the game of football really works and trying to get more kids to be fans. I'm wondering if this was kind of a, a ploy like that or just something to make fun of football, which I feel like that was a lot of what it was doing, especially like, you know, when it was explained the rules at the beginning and then like all the crowd noise and everything, you couldn't exactly understand how the game of football even works. And it's funny because that kind of a little bit of a parallel of football now, because it seems like there's just so much on social media and everything w with football that sometimes it takes away from the actual game. So I think that even though this was made, you know, almost you know, how many ever 60, 70 years ago, there's still a lot of parallels and, and funny jokes. If you're a football fan that you'll definitely understand. This cinematic masterpiece has all the crisscross, butt, double lateral razzle dazzle that you need in a film. And it all came from Walt Disney flipping the channels on his couch, came across a football game and started writing a story. That's all it was. <laughs> but it's the animation's great. Uh, it teaches you how to play football kind of incorrectly there's some things they get wrong but i mean come on we're talking about a 1940s goofy skit here it was fun to watch and especially if you don't know anything about football it's equally as fun to watch if you know everything about football it doesn't matter what you know about it because it was a skit made what 80 years ago from a dude who was bored that's all it was and it was fun it had you know eight minutes of straight content and you got the taxidermy tech quarterback smith coming into the game going down getting massively injured a lot of parallels to alex smith coming back into the game before he should have going down again and ended up winning the game in a very defensive contest remind you of a few things from this past season love it you like i say you guys have got to tune in to be on the blitz to, to hear this kind of energy no question so if you, if you love nfl these are your guys to hang out with. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I actually liked their insight there, Justin. I'll bet it's very possible that, you know, Walt and Disney and his team at the time were thinking like this can be an inroads for new, a new generation of fans in a lot of ways. I have no doubt of that. I mean, obviously they did so many educational films uh, throughout kind of the Disney studios time. Well, just to kind of wrap us up on a list, 
I'll, I'll run down it. You guys tell me if you disagree or not. But I think if we were to say the top five football films on Disney Plus, we'd have to go with number five, uh, The Game Plan. Um, so, you know, The Rock, it was a fine effort, but, you know, probably has got to be at the bottom of the list. Uh, how to Play Football. Um, I'm actually hearing some passion for that one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe three and four. We want to flip. Um, <laughs> or do you think it belongs at four? Right at four. I think with these other movies, it deserves to be right at four. I think it's an unfair placement. It needs to be number one. Its own <laughs> category. This began it all. First football movie ever. <laughs> well, number three, then, of course, Safety, the new one. Uh, I hope folks get a chance to see that. I probably doesn't have quite the, uh, you know, the familiarity that the other two do on the list, but really an inspirational film and also has, you know, some great football action as we've been talking about. The, the downfall of safety is that it was a movie released in the year 2020. Nobody knew who was coming. It didn't get the advertising platform. It didn't get a big theatrical release. It wasn't a blockbuster. And none of that is the movie's fault. If this movie was released in 2018, it could have been one of the higher grossing profit movies of the year. Sadly, we'll never know. And this movie definitely falls down this list simply because it didn't gain attention from media. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to, you know, I mean, Disney's going to take stories that we have no idea existed, you know, like, for me, I had no idea a story like this existed, you know, I mean, in 2006, when I was eight years old, and just starting to become a football fan. So you don't really know a lot about these stories. So I wouldn't be surprised if Disney pulls out a couple of other football stories we have no idea about right now, makes some movies, and hopefully the events of 2020 will never happen again. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, they'll have a high-grossing movie. Yeah, it's an interesting point you guys raised there because this was always planned as a streaming release. Because um, Disney, the studio has just changed, you know, over the last eight or ten years. They've really moved all to making those big budget, you know, Marvel and, and Star Wars films in terms of, you know, the theatrical releases. That's the way they can make money. The last sports film they did it was, was McFarland USA, which I want to say was 2013 or uh, in that realm. So, you know, they're, they've kind of been on a hiatus with their sports dramas and only through thanks to Disney Plus have they said, we're going to roll this out and start continue to do this. I think we're going to see probably, like you say, one or two a year moving forward. Um, you know, in terms of though, actually promotion of this, like there are ways to make a big deal out of a, out of a streaming movie. And they didn't really do that. So yeah. this, you know, I think you're absolutely right. This was, it was only a few weeks uh, even prior to it releasing on December 10th or whatever it was that they even put out a trailer, put out some of the promotional things. So they could have done better. I hope they do better in the future. Um, yeah. It was a little bit of an odd season, I think, frankly, to put out a sports movie in the middle of December. Um, but hey, you know, it, it's good to see it out. It was one I was looking forward to and hoping that uh, would, be, would be good. Last two on the list, uh, Invincible at number two, or, or Justin, do you think it should be number one? It depends who you're talking to. I think, you know, if you're somebody who just loves football, think Invincible is going to be number one on the list. But if you're someone who likes more of maybe not the drama side, but, you know, like the whole racial scene that's going on and really just like a movie where people come together as a family. Uh, it's really, I think, one. it is a drama movie that has, you know, a lot of those kind of aspects, but also it is a family movie uh, in that. But and also just it's a one of the cinematic masterpieces um, as well. But again, if you're an NFL fan, I think Invincible will most likely be number one for you. 
I don't think that's a fair comparison, putting this movie at number one over Remember the Titans. As I said earlier, Invincible might be a better football movie, but Remember the Titans is one of the greatest movies of all time, probably top 50 of all time. Uh, Just that movie has everything in it. Invincible is more one-dimensional on that aspect. And what they do, they do great. I can't help but think what this movie could have done with a little bit more of a budget. There were a few cheesy-looking scenes visual-wise, clear green screens in the background. So I can't help but think what it could have been, maybe with a little bit more tender love and care. It's a great movie, though. I don't think it's fair to compare it to Remember the Titans, necessarily. They're just two polar opposite types of movies. I think Invincible is perfect here at number two on this list, and definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So good. I think we're all agreed that uh, Remember the Titans is the best of them in terms of uh, the the Disney Plus football films, and uh, it also has an amazing soundtrack. You know, I mean that the music in that movie, uh, Hans Zimmer, if I'm not mistaken, really a phenomenal score. Um, you know, everything about it. And it's what's great too is when you have films that are of that caliber. Remember the Titans and Invincible. It sets a high standard. You know, and so when we have these future sports films come down the pike that Disney's working on they have these to look at, you know, they have, they can look at, okay, what did we do in terms of acting, in terms of production, uh, in terms of kind of the level of what we accomplished here. Um, you know, we need to look back at, at what worked there and, and try to replicate that to a degree. Obviously you hope they also go new directions and not just kind of uh, give you the same thing every time, but this has been great guys. Um, I hope that people do check out your po- podcasts beyond the blitz. Uh, any, uh, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just think with with these movies as well as we were talking about that, I think safety could be kind of that bottom line to see what making future movies could be if we can even see one of these in theaters. You know, obviously theaters aren't a big thing right now, but at least seeing what the platform is, you know, and I think Disney Plus with a lot of, you know, these type of movies, they could use the Disney Plus platform to see if there will even be an audience for this. Because, you know, you release it on Disney Plus, you know, if not many people like it, you know, like big deal, you still have people subscribing to it. But then if you release it to theaters, there's more of a chance that that could bite you in the butt again. Um, so I think they could definitely use these for um, for the future to see, okay, a little bit of a litmus test. Will we have a good audience for these type of films? Yeah, this movie had great acting in it. It can't be underestimated, safety especially. The acting was phenomenal in the movie. It encapsulated what it actually the characters are actually like uh, what it's like to be a college student and they it's clear they did their research on what it was like to do that so the acting and safety is probably the highlight point the immersiveness of invincible is the highlight point of that movie and the background of remember the titans is probably the highlight point of that movie every movie has their strengths and then of course how to play football its highlight is it was released in the 1940s is very nicely animated and the story is still pretty well done for an eight minute short film i haven't seen the game plan unfortunately so i can't add what that highlight was probably dwayne johnson as always anytime he shows up in a movie but all all three of those movies we talked about earlier invincible i remember the titans and safety all three definitely definitely recommend going in and watching them even if you're not a sports fan if you even remotely went to school it encapsulates what it's like to be a student juggling athletics at the same time so so good well this is tremendous guys like i say folks should totally check out your podcast beyond the blitz for all the nfl news and uh, of course the big game is coming up here in just a few days and maybe we'll do this again uh on a different front regarding other sports films on disney plus um 
I've been Josh. You can, uh, of course, subscribe to What's on Disney Plus. We encourage you to do that. Find us on the Disney Plus forums. Uh, and of course, the website is whatsondisneyplus.com. Um, and y'all have a great one. Thanks for having us, Josh. Keep an eye out for our Super Bowl special. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs>